sustains us. Life is soccer. The rest is just details. Growing up in California, as girls' soccer came into vogue, I might have worn clothing with those serious words. I was going to play college ball. I even dared dream of athletic scholarship. Maybe you, too, shared a similar single-mindedness, shaping the focus to which your life has been devoted. Philosophy professor James K.A. Smith delves into crucial details for those who dare take Christian discipleship seriously in his recent book entitled, You Are What You Love. Echoing St. Augustine, expanding on the idea of God as that ultimate love toward which all other loves lead us, Smith observes, to live is to be embarked on a kind of unconscious journey toward a destination of your dreams. Smith isn't talking about soccer, obviously, but he is naming those human longings of which all dreams are made, hungers shaped by external forces, often unbeknownst to us. Christian worship rehabituates our hungers, Smith argues. Liturgy is that sacred space where we learn to dream God's dreams for us where our loves and lives are pointed again and again toward God's reign on earth as it is in heaven. That same eternal reality that Jesus reveals in his spiritual bottom line that we hear this morning, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ash Wednesday confronts us with Jesus's imperative to recalibrate our hearts. This penitential turn isn't exactly natural for us. More often than not, we love our illusions. We buy into cultural patterns and priorities, those loves and longings that never will satisfy. These are the types of tendencies Jesus decries in today's gospel. Those traps we fall into, trying to love God from a place of comfort, confident in our own efforts, without risking conversion of the heart. Jesus calls us to get real, to cast aside worldly addictions to wealth, security, and control. The devil is in those details, and Jesus wants to free our hearts. Today we take up countercultural practices of repentance that redirect us toward God's dreams for us and for our world, even as they invite us to sit a little longer with that dissonance between what we'd rather and what God, what God calls us to. Today, we engage in intensive public confession overdoing it a little bit, maybe, compared to what we do on a regular Sunday. Some of us may well be fasting this morning throughout the day. And in a few minutes, we're going to disfigure our faces with the sign of the cross in ash on our foreheads. What do these rituals do for us, especially considering Jesus's critique in the gospel, a critique that gives us just a bit of pause when we realize 
how short we fall sometimes in our religious practices that can often miss the point. What are we meant to see or be by engaging these practices of faith and repentance? One of the things I think we're meant to acknowledge is that learning to love God and one another takes practice. It isn't easy. Practice is that habit-forming endeavor that by its very nature involves mistakes, messing up, getting it wrong, reassessing, trying again, changing our approach. Because the truth is our loves get misshapen by the ways of the world. Everyday living leaves our hearts a bit beaten and bruised by grief, pain, and loss. We fall short of our Creator's dreams for us. And so we dare to keep returning, to hear those reassuring words of God's forgiveness and love. Because God, in fact, has made the most audacious investment, burying God's own choice treasure in us. We who are made of the very dust of the earth, that fragile, fallible stuff. And even as we don penitential dust, grieving our inability to save ourselves, weighed down by sin and mortality, we hear that good news, that God's Holy Spirit dwells in each of us. We return to that life entrusted to each and every one, that sacred breath that leads us back moment by moment to the saving love of God revealed in Jesus, whose life, death, resurrection, and ascension has defeated the grip of death in our world and in our lives once and for all. Jesus' own sacred heart for serving reveals that fundamental orientation of life we can turn toward. A sacrificial love we too can dare to step into. A love rooted in the dream of God who restores the whole creation to life. Jesus' own desires reveal not his will, but the Father's. And Jesus' longing to reconcile the whole creation to God catches us up in those blessed details of this holy dream to which we all belong. For the life entrusted to all of us does not end when we return to the dust, but continues beyond the grave, even as it does throughout our earthly days. Because this unbreakable, dynamic connection with our Creator is meant to awaken, amplify, and reorient all other human loves so that we can come back again and again to that blessed union, that source, the one who alone is sacred and holy. Augustine's famous phrase from his Confessions says it far more poetically than I ever could. Our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in you. 
pray we find and touch that rest in today's Ash Wednesday liturgy. Because I know that weight of our lives can leave us so often restless. Like athletes whose legs know the deep fatigue of sprinting for 90 minutes straight. May we take comfort this morning in Smith's reminder that we are indeed what we love. And Jesus invites us back again into the heart of love, that love that laid down itself, that spared no cost to redeem us. If you played sports, you know that when you watch the ball take its trajectory, having launched from a hand or a foot, that its direction depends entirely on where one's hips are pointed. Like any instrument that sees steady use, just like hips squaring up for any fundamental purpose, our hearts need regular recalibration Godward. So today, as we bow down before the Lord, examining our journey, be it conscious or unconscious, toward the destination of our dreams, may Christ equip us with the courage to face that serious truth that we might not love what we think we love. And may the God of all creation embolden us once again to turn our hearts toward those pesky details of repentance so that we might lift up hearts freed from fear and shame, trusting that perfect love that made us will renew, reconcile, and reform us by the Holy Spirit's saving power. Amen.